There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals and organizations rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Hello, leaders, and welcome to Leadership Excellence. I'm Danny Langlois, and today I'm joined by best-selling author and international keynote speaker, Heather Younger. Heather is the CEO of Customer Fanatics and is widely known for her TEDx talk, Transforming Adversity into Opportunity. Heather is the host of the Leadership with Heart podcast and is working on publishing her second book titled The Art of Caring Leadership. Our listeners are in for a real treat today because Heather is going to be talking about employee experience, employee engagement, and the art of caring leadership. Heather, it is such an honor to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here. You have so much going on, and it's kind of like you are everywhere. And uh, just really getting to know you, getting to know what you believe in, how focused you are on that employee experience and making things better for people at work through your leadership strategies is just so commendable. Well, thank you. I, I was called to do the work I do, so I don't feel like I have a choice in the matter. It's just what, I was, what I'm supposed to be doing. So. <laughs> Heather, we're, so we're still in the middle of COVID-19. There's a lot of adversity in the world and people and organizations are struggling in so many different ways. Can you share some strategies for our listeners on the keys to transforming adversity into opportunity? Well, the biggest thing um, I found is that we often get stuck in our own minds and, and it's hard to move past it. And so the idea, uh, I always think about it as unstuck bus or finding a way to get off the stuck bus and get on the unstuck bus. And, um, and so that requires us to think differently about what, what's presented before us, what's in front of us. And so the key is reframing. I, I talk about this in that TED Talk where it's about how do we, how do we take our, our, the, what's going in our mind right now? Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh my gosh, I, our business is never going to rebound. We're going to go under and we start to go into this rabbit hole. Where we just go in a circle and a circle and a circle and we, we bury ourselves in our own thoughts. And then what happens is then our, our behaviors start to correspond to that. So the way to get out of that is to kind of do what I call flipping this, the switch inside of our heads. It's literally for me, I visualize a switch inside my head and I switch and I, and I, I turn it on or off depending on where I'm at. And so uh, the first step first is, is, is acknowledging where it is we're at. I think that the worst thing you can do, I don't believe in the rah-rah, let's, it's all positive thinking. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say that. I think that it, everything is, it has to be fully positive from the start. We have to recognize what we're feeling. We have to recognize what's happening in front of us. And then we need to give ourselves a cutoff. We need to stop ourselves from going down that hole so long that we can't get ourselves out. So we remain stuck. So it's almost like it's okay to be temporarily stuck. I mean, all of us have permission to do that. That's kind of the grace to say we are human. And then there's a cutoff. And so once we give ourselves a cutoff, which is that the, the switch that's in the head, uh, now it's time to be thinking differently. So it's taking all that irrational stuff that just weighed you down and thinking about all the rational, more um, less emotional, more objective ways and things that we've either learned from what's happening in front of us, that we've improved or we've benefited from what's happening right in front of us. Um, and it's a very methodical way. So all of us do this reframing. Psychologists call this reframing. All of us do this reframing uh, often. It's it, this automatic thing. But this is what I'm talking about is being very intentional. So it's, you know, sitting in the emotion experience and then stopping it, then 
flipping it on its head and, 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 and purposely like writing down what it was we were feeling, all the irrational thoughts. And on the other side, writing down what the rational, more objective, more forward thinking thoughts are. Uh, and then that helps us kind of come out of it more, more quickly. And the other thing is I said the words forward thinking. And that means like putting one foot in front of the other. What I found in my life, uh, overcoming uh, my own share of adversity, is the more that I loaded up on the front end on the vision. So I made the vision and the mission for myself much bigger than who I was as a person. Uh, and then all of the efforts that lined up in order to meet that vision and mission were again loaded up up front. It was really hard for me to to look backwards and to and to just and to and to say woe is me that woe is me mentality. It was awfully hard for me to do that because I loaded up so much vision, so much mission, so many things that helped me get there that I just had no choice but to stare forward, to look forward. And that's, and that's what I do. And so it, it's, if those are the things that the main things that help, I would say, and, and I would say thirdly would be to, to be courageous. And what I mean by that is um, it, things are going to hit us through our lives don't, all the way around. It's going to hit, it's going to hit us and people are going to do what they're going to do to us and around us. And that is none of our business. Our business is taking care of our business, our mindset, how we move forward, um, and so having courage to ignore the woe is me people, the naysayers, the people hitting us, the people doing whatever they're doing around us and to us, and to continue to put on the shield and to walk forward. I know that might sound a little superhuman. I'm human too. I fall down. I have woe is me days. I have some of those victim days. Those are very few and far between for me, but they do happen because I am human. But I make a choice. I make an intentional choice and effort to, to stay in that space. So those are, those would be the areas and things I think to focus on. Mindset truly is the foundation of all of our success. And you talk about those things that are, that we create in our own minds and these obstacles that we create. And oftentimes they, we create them so much bigger in our own minds than what they really are. And I love what you said about, about allow yourself to be there and feel those things and think those things, but you've got to cut it off. Uh, I'm working on a, a presentation right now for a not-for-profit group called Changing Course Quickly. And um, leadership mindset is, is a huge thing to overcoming adversity and overcoming crisis. And one of the things about leadership is our job is to think about other people. And during times of crisis, you know, great leaders take the focus off of themselves and the impact of themselves and have a laser focus on how do I take care of my team? How do I take care of my customers, our community? And when you're not worried about yourself and you're worried about other people and you're driven to help them, it's amazing how that fear and uncertainty and doubt begins to go away because you, you have a responsibility to step up and step into the moment for your team. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think here's the thing. We cannot give what we do not have. So if we don't manage for ourselves the things I just talked about, we aren't going to be able to help other people do that. We can, we can, we can fake it. And sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it. So sometimes you do have to pretend that you're there and then it becomes that you're there. Uh, I've done that too, by the way. Uh, and that's all a mindset thing. It's a game that we play in our heads and that says, you know, this, this is, this is who I am, even if I'm not there. And then by just like walking in that direction, you become that thing that you're saying you are. That's another, yeah, I would say that probably is another strategy. It's kind of like fake the funk and fake it until you make it fake funk. You hear that, but it's very true. So you're saying you give people strategies through this framework 
that, that are really based. If, if you take care of yourself and you get yourself in the right mindset, then you're ready and prepared to take care of those that you lead. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So Heather, you host the Leadership with Heart podcast. What was your inspiration for the podcast and what impact are you trying to create? Uh, inspiration. You know, I, for me, it's all about employees. So employees are my North star. Uh, and, and what it, it ends up, it ends up boiling down to people, you know, the relationships and, and for employees, it was always about uh, them not being at the table or having the power to make decisions that really impacted them in a lot of ways. And I'm talking more like frontline mid-level. I'm not necessarily talking about executive level, level when I'm saying employees. Okay. So all, all executive levels are employees too. They all have to go through HR, get hired. So I get that, but I'm mostly talking about the, the folks that are on the front line, really driving the business, business forward. And so what happened is, I'm sorry, Danny, I have a whole, uh, this is what happens when you have to, when you're working from home, I have a flyover Air Force Base. There's a flyover happening right in the middle of our conversation. So I'm like, oh, let me try to mute it and see if it's not so loud. <laughs> so sorry about that. That's adaptability, right? No worries. Uh, um, but anyway, so uh, the idea is what the podcast was really about how do I continue to evangelize the message that leaders have the power to change the experience for those they lead. And they have the positive power, not the authority. That's not what I'm talking about here. Even though authority is a part of it, I'm talking about, they have the desire, they have the ability to make choices that are different, that produce more positive emotions inside of those they lead. And so I wanted to be able to take just one more medium to highlight the fact that uh, there's a level of intentionality that needs to enter the, into, into leadership that, and also an awareness of the impact uh, that le those who have a title uh, have on those who maybe don't uh, or have a lesser title in this bureaucracy of leading inside of organizations. So that's what, that, that's what the Leadership with Heart podcast does is I speak with leaders about them and their leadership style, not really about their companies. And my most fun or the most filling part of that show is when I talked to them about a time when they were not the best versions of them or when they were not, they just weren't shining. And um, that's when my learning increases. And I'm pretty sure when listeners learning increases because they can see themselves in the shoes or in the circumstances of those leaders who weren't so perfect at the time and what they did to come out of it. So it provides us solutions, but also helps us see a way forward. And I think it also helps us to build resilience because we're learning through their mistakes. You're doing incredible work. I, I really enjoyed the podcast, Leadership with Heart. I've listened to several episodes. It, it's great to see the humility of the very successful leaders that are coming on your show and sharing times they weren't the best version of themselves. And it says to the listener, look, you don't have to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You're human and that's okay. But it's how we embrace and learn from those failures or those mistakes or when we weren't our best versions of ourselves that are what make the difference and lead to great leadership. So I really encourage people who are listening to this podcast to check out the Leadership with Heart podcast because Heather does just an incredible, incredible job on that. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate that. Heather, let's dive into employee experience and employee engagement. What does employee experience mean to you and, and why is that so important? You've touched on that a little bit, but take a deeper dive. So employee experience really is about the full journey an employee takes with an organization. So it's before they even become an employee, um, let's say, what experience do they have with your organization? Kind of what does your employee brand say to them? And what is it, does it call to them to come in? And what do they feel when they even have exposure to your brand before they come in? And then they, then they go through that interview process um, or they apply. 
And what does that application process look for them, look like for them? And if they get interviewed, what does that interview process look for them? Okay, so the journey is uh, a long one. It's a, it's a kind of a continuum, although we realize not everything is a really linear type of situation, but it is that way. And it even in the journey, even doesn't even end until after they, they've left your organization. So whether they are laid off, whether they've gone to another job, whatever it is, that experience goes all the way through, even at the layoff time or even at the time where they're gone and they continue to experience you. I have, I remember, um, I can think of one brand that did the, did it, did the front end of the experience really well. It's, it's this journey if you think about it, kind of a walking, if you think about a journey where you're like walking hand in hand, you're walking hand in hand, you're super distant from them or you're closer to them and, you, and you're sensing and you're um, uh, feeling connected to that brand or to the people or to whatever the experience. So, um, so I remember this one brand that did this, what, literally I was like, I wanted to go work for them because what they put out there, they shared, I, was, I didn't, wasn't even an employee, but they shared this human side of their organization and they they just, they made me feel connected to their brand before I even applied. And then I applied a couple of times. I didn't get it. Maybe I got a couple of times, you know, I've got a call, a couple of calls, but each time that experience backed up the original experience of just how they promoted the marketing they did to prospective employees. And this has been years ago, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I don't, I never even worked for them. So the experience starts way before people come to you and it's the entire, all the way through their experience, their manager with the leadership team, with their coworkers, their experience and how you, how they see that you interact with the customer. I mean, it just goes all the way through. So it's really more of a journey and experience is holistic. It's a journey that that employee takes with your organization. How, how does that differ from employee engagement? Engagement is you know, I think this, this definition goes all over the place. And I, I do think it has a lot to do with the level of discretionary effort uh, and the level of loyalty that your, uh, your people have to you, either as like a manager, supervisor, and, and or the organization. Because, you know, organization, keep in mind, is, an, is a legal structure. And, and then if you want to back uh, come up a little further with that, it's a legal structure and it could be a building with walls. So like a Google, it's at that organization on that address. But in the end, there are people inside those walls. So the engagement starts with the relationships that those employees have with the people inside the building, the people that walk down the halls of your organization. So um, whether it's their supervisor, their coworkers, um, the executive leadership team, the mission, the vision. So there's all these different things that play into what engagement looks like. Uh, but it really is going to start first and foremost with um, the relationships that exist there. And those relationships, whether they leave those employees feeling positive or negative emotions determines whether they want to stay and whether they want to go over 100% of their effort for your, you, your team and your organization. So that's really how I look at it. It's more of a, a relationship focus and emotional, um, emotional response and, and then it delivers some hard line results as a result. So more effort, uh, better customer satisfaction, uh, customer engagement. It's got a direct correlation if they have felt, um, if, they have, if they have been there and they've felt cared for, they have felt listened to, they have felt important and like they're part of something bigger than themselves. You know, I think that's so important, especially as we look at, you know, Generation X, the Millennials, Gen Z, 
you, you really see, and there's, there's this whole buzz in the country that has somewhat been created by Simon Sinek, but has been out there about what is your why, finding your why, your purpose. And when, when you're able to find purpose-driven people and really connect them to the organization and provide this incredible experience on their journey, you begin driving those high levels of employee engagement. And one of the things I've been talking about lately is ownership and really wanting to create purpose-driven owners within the organization, um, making people feel valued, making them feel cared for, uh, making them feel important like they belong. Th those are all such important things that, you know, when I first came into, you know, the professional world, I don't think we're really thought of, but, but those are the things that are really distinguishing great leaders and, and great companies. Yeah, they really are. Um, I, I think, again, going back to the fact that it's all about relationships and, and, it's, and it's the people and the individuals inside the organizations and the people who have titles, let's just be clear, have a, there's a power dynamic that exists and they do have the power and authority to make decisions that do affect the lives of employees that are under their guidance and under their leadership. And so all of those things that you mentioned are, are really critical to leaving those uh, inside the organization, you know, feeling, feeling like there's, they're part of something bigger themselves. They are, yeah, they're empowered to do all their best work that they are, they, they can be, that they'll be appreciated for all the efforts they put in. They just feel really, really special inside of the walls of that organization. Do you have some specific strategies that you share with people that you're working with, leaders that you're coaching or, or presentations you're giving on how to intentionally, actions to take to intentionally drive that employee engagement and improve employee experience? Yeah, I mean, a few of them I, you know, I highlight in that book, my first book, and of course, in all the, a lot of the different talks I've given, but uh, I would say kind of the three critical things are helping your employees feel important. And feeling important means uh, there is that there is that sense of belonging that's there. Um, I belong to a, a group of people that that when I'm around them, I feel uplifted, and I feel like I am on a journey with this group to achieve great things, things greater than myself. So that the mission and the vision exceed who I am in my own shoes. Um, but though that's really, really critical. If, if you don't have that kind of, that sense of, you know, achieving great things together, uh, then some, in most cases, it's not even worth it for them to stay. Um, the other thing would be is making sure that you see, you know, the, the leaders themselves are seeing the greatness inside their people, that they are, it, it, it may not be exhibited fully, but it's up to the leader to help uh, that shine and glow even more. So it's pulling out the things that we see, the greatness, because everybody has a piece of greatness and none of us are better than the other, right? We just, we may have either naturally found our greatness or someone was there to help us develop that or to find it, but it's that leader who is able to, and the organ kind of, the organization that creates an environment that allows leaders more, more flexibility to Put, put their people in places that help them shine and maybe even, um, you know, put training and resources behind that. So those are some of the things. The being intentional about these things, understanding the importance of sense of belonging, of the power of believing in somebody and seeing their true potential and helping them break down the walls 
that they put around them or the ceiling that they put above them, such an important quality of, of great leaders. And that's really what translates into innovation, creativity, mm-hmm. and just another level of success for the employee, for your team member, but then for the, the entire team as a whole. Great, so true. great things. Great things. You're just awesome. Oh, thank you. Let's talk about I'm with you. So <laughs> <laughs> let, let's talk about the book you're working on now, uh, the art of caring leadership. Um, you know, and that ties into, you know, your podcast is leadership with heart, right? Like obviously caring and serving others are, are two of the values that drive you and your leadership. Can you talk about this book and the, the, the strategies and, and what is caring leadership? Well, um, for me, caring leadership interchangeably is, le- is leading, leader, leading with heart. So when I say, use the word leadership with heart and I use the word caring leadership, they are one and the same. And caring leadership really is taking daily actions in ways that shows concern and kindness to others. That's really the kind of my definition of caring leadership. And it, and it does, it's, it's also part of just Merriam-Webster's definition, but of caring. Caring leadership though is taking the daily action in ways that shows concern and kindness to others. Um, and so the key, what, what make, the reason why this is so important is over the years, many of us either have used the word, oh, caring, or um, have heard people who don't care, oh, this, my manager didn't care about me, or oh, I, I sense that this organization cares about us. What does that exactly look like? So that's where I'm going in this book is to try to define very specific behaviors and daily actions through stories, um, my personal story, stories of the, oh, gosh, 90 people at least that I've interviewed on that podcast. Um, and, and that will solidify in the minds of those who read it what it is they have to do and how they need to step up in very clear ways. So it's not, it kind of gets rid of this nebulous concept of what caring is and it puts, it puts some real meat to it. Um, but in the end it's, it's exhibiting, you know, the kindness and care for others. And, um, and when we do that and, and, and it's not something that can, that's an area that can't really be faked. There has to be a genuine desire to connect um, to, to leave a legacy of care for those that we, that, that look for us, look to us for guidance and, um, and look to us for our leadership. I mean, they really do, they really do look to us for that. And people might say, well, this sounds perennial. This sounds like, you know, ch- parent child types of situations. And, and there, there is that element of it uh, because unless you're in an organization that's a fully self-managed organization, which there are very few, and there are also very few can point to that being a successful model where it's fully self-managed. Um, then people are looking to us for guidance in this way or that way and how we approach that privilege to provide that guidance makes all the difference for them. And it is in fact a privilege. So. It is a privilege and there's such a great responsibility of leadership. You kind of touched on this earlier and, and it's why you're so driven with employee experience and you talk about looking at leadership as holistic. It's not just about the impact that leaders are having on their team members at work and in the workplace. It's, it's about what 
that experience is doing and impacting their quality of life as a mother, as a husband, as a friend, right? What happens at work? Yep. We spend so much time at work. Leaders, leaders have such an impact on the overall quality of life. And I know I've read different research out there that people in toxic, hostile, fearful environments uh, with micromanagement and driven by power and control not only have overall reduced quality of life, but have significantly uh, higher health issues, um, especially as it relates to stress, anxiety, but also to cardiovascular, heart disease, and those types of things. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and, and the other thing to, that you kind of brought up right before you were talking about that is this book applies to anybody who consider themselves a leader, whether you have a title or not, uh, managers, coaches, consultants, um, and it's leaders in and outside of work. And so much of the content, even though I'll be talking about employees and the, in the workplace in there, obviously there are so many things that when you read it, you can see it happen. You can see how it can translate at home as, you know, as a parent, as a leader of your home or as someone who's receiving leadership from your own children because as leaders, we also follow. And so there's many times I have four children and there's many times I am led by them and I'm okay and I'm fine with that because they teach me a lot of great lessons. And so wherever you are, if you're leading a community, you're leading your church, you're leading at your school, you're leading at home, you're leading at work, um, this idea of caring and putting some real daily action uh, in action is going to be critical. And this is like the Heather MO because even the work I do in, employ in employee space, when we're looking at uh, employee engagement survey feedback or culture survey feedback. I don't even want to work with the organization if they're not prepared to do something about what it is they hear. So we go listen and we have a huge effort of listening. And then in the end, uh, they choose to do nothing. And so what basically it's like that, that voice just fell on deaf's ear and nothing happens and they don't feel empowered and they don't feel like their voices mean a thing. And this is critical. It is one of the elements of the caring leader as well. They listen and then they may not act on everything, but they act intentionally and they communicate their why behind acting. So, you know, when you listen to people, you say to them, I care about you. I respect you. You're valuable to me. You're important. You belong. And everybody gets the fact that every idea they have or every perspective they have can't be implemented with an organization, but it is so rare for people to have an opportunity to have a voice, to share what's on their mind. And a lot of times, just being heard is such a powerful tool. This listening is such a powerful leadership tool. Yep, it is. I mean, listening is critical. And right now, more than ever, we, we need to listen a lot. We need to listen with, we need to lean in. We need to clear our heads, um, clear our heads so much of what we're going through when we're listening, clear our heads of so much of what we, we want to say next. That active listening concept of, of just, yeah, of just sitting with someone and being fully with them and emptying out our minds, uh, opening our hearts, but emptying out our minds, because it's just, it's so easy for us to be thinking about what we want to say or what we're going through. Or um, One thing I do, I do do uh, when I'm listening is I, because I, empathy is one of my biggest strengths is I will often relay something that I'm going through that relates to what they're doing, but I don't, I try hard. It's not, I'm not perfect at this, but I try hard not to lessen what they're going through in order to highlight what I'm going through. So it's not like, not like my chance to tell my story. It's not, Oh, I have to tell mine. I have to tell mine. It's not that as much as it is. I want them to know that I can relate. I want them to know that I hear them. I want them to know that 
I may have been somewhere near where they're at right now. And so one of the strategies sometimes for me is to relate where I'm coming from. Like, oh, I can I understand the same thing happened to me. And here's what happened. Here's what I found when that happened to me. And so it's just a way for me, for me to connect with them. Uh, but it's not my quote unquote chance to get my word in or chance to tell my story. Well, it's a empathy is understanding and it's a demonstration of understanding that, that you don't know exactly what they're going through, but that you can relate to it and that they're not alone. And there's a lot of power and strength that comes from somebody realizing they're, they're not alone. They're not on an island. There's not something wrong with them. This is something that's normal that helps normalize it, relate and help them move forward. Mm -hmm. Love it. So you said something a few minutes ago, and there's just so many great things uh, from this conversation about everybody leads at some point in time. And so some work I've been doing in the concept is called creating a culture of leadership and recognizing that while formal leaders have a significant impact on the culture, on the team, on the success of an organization, oftentimes your informal leaders have just as much of an impact on your organization's success because those informal leaders that are out there through many different circumstances are called to step up and are called to lead. And when they know they're in an environment where people are listening and their voices are heard and they're empowered to take that action, it, it just really changes the game for, for companies and organizations. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. Yeah. Having that empowerment um, for, you know, it's, it's less about permission to be your best self. It's more about an openness or access in an environment that allows your best self to come through. And that is the, it doesn't matter title. That's really the crux of it. It's that, it's that opening, that window that is locked or unlocked. And so it's that opening that's unlocked that allows you to come through and allows everything that's great inside you to shine through in a way that has uh, maybe has some guardrails, but doesn't have a lot of limitations. And, and when, you, when you have that type of environment, people will surprise the heck out of you. You, wouldn't, you, you will just be amazed about what it is they accomplish for, for you and the team. Well, because when they have that mindset, they're not waiting for the leader to tell them what's next or what we're doing or how we're going to accomplish something. They're constantly looking for ways to improve themselves, their team, the organization as a whole. And that's a very powerful thing. I talk a lot about the difference between renters and owners. Think about, you know, and as the listeners think about, have you ever rented an apartment or rented a house? When you were renting that house or apartment, did you ever think about putting on an addition? Did you ever think about adding a deck, right? Did you ever think about redoing the roof or changing the kitchen? Of course you didn't because you were renting. But owners, right, when you own that house, you're constantly looking for ways to improve your property. That's when you think about, you know, making improvements to the kitchen or adding on, you know, a patio or, or putting on a garage or fixing the roof. And so there's a mentality there and a difference between renters and owners. And that's why it's so important to create this ownership. And I think as I'm thinking about these concepts, and you talk about the art of caring leadership, what you're doing is creating a great employee experience. You're creating high levels of employee engagement and people are feeling connected, but you're really creating owners 
purpose-driven owners that, that are looking for ways to take that organization to the next level instead of the traditional style of where that's always the, the leader or the formal leader's job. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, it's exactly right. You, the ownership that you get, as all of, if you do all of these things, uh, one of the byproducts is there's engagement, there's retention, there's, you know, going over that going over above concept, there's better customer satisfaction. And there are these people who are kind of a, are a, are a band of, a band of folks or a, a gaggle of folks that are just looking to do all they can do to to write, to raise up the organization, to raise up their coworkers to, to just do the best they can um, to produce, you know, amazing results for the business. So in your art of caring leadership, you've talked about a couple of behaviors or actions or concepts. One very, very powerful is listening. Another one is empathy. What are some other behaviors, actions, values that distinguish caring leaders and their organizations? Well, I'm not going to give it all away quite yet. You know, the book isn't even out yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm trying. I'm just pulling a little bit more and more from you. <laughs> He's trying to get more and more. I mean, I, th- I think the, the key is um, you want to make sure that your people feel taken care of and how, you know, how do you do that? And the other, I would tell, I would definitely say like you have already started to do, which is to start to start to go um, to the Leadership of the Heart podcast and to be listening to some of these leaders' stories. What I did is I just boiled up the concepts that were from all of those interviews uh, and, and put them into like these nine buckets and there's these sub-behaviors inside of those um, with stories that kind of tie those together. Um, but importance is one of them, like I said, making people feel important, recognize, you know, recognition, showing appreciation, um, is, is kind of an area, you know, setting clear expectations. So being just really clear on what it is that, uh, they like I said, job descriptions, one thing, but what do you expect from them as a leader? Clarity is key. We have to show up as leaders with a combination of strength, um, and compassion with kind of that balance of clarity and empathy. And so there's, um, it's not easy being a leader. It's not easy uh, being the leader that we that we signed up to be. This is, this is not, um, it's not an easy thing. Not everybody should take this lightly. It is in fact a responsibility, but it's more importantly a privilege. And, um, and so, <clears throat> you know, taking some really clear steps and and just and always tr- realizing where the gaps are that you leave for your people. We all leave gaps for the people that we leave. So what I mean by the gaps is there's there are these emotional gaps. There are these these um, holes that are there for them in their relationship with us, and we have to determine and decide what the, what we're doing because we're all. It's almost like the baggage that our parents leave with us when we go on in our lives. We leave our employees with certain levels of baggage, and we get to choose after we do some self evaluation which holes that are there, which ones we've chosen to fill. Um, and it is a, it's, a, it's an active process and it doesn't end. It doesn't end. Yeah, it's a journey. It's like yes. when I talk about excellence, there's, there's no destination, right? There's always a better way. And when we're on this journey with our employees, with our team members, um, it, it's an incredible journey, journey where we can add so much purpose and impact through our lives to make a difference, to make the world a better place. Um, and I think a lot of people listening share that desire and that value that we share, right? I think that's one of the amazing, you have so much passion, you have so much energy, and for you, it's all about others. And like, how can you take your experiences, the adversity you've gone through, intentionally look back and think about how were you successful? How did you go 
from point A to being an international keynote speaker on leadership? How did you go from point A to being the be a best-selling author, right? And, and thank you so much for sharing those things and those concepts because these are the things that are really going to help people take their leadership to the next level, whether they're currently in a leadership position, whether the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or aspiring to be a leader. These are things that are making an impact. So there's one other thing I wanted to talk about before I let you go. And because when we, when we talked last week, you talked about this, this concept or this idea of I choose. And you said it's something that, that you've really been, been letting out of yourself and sharing with other people. And it's an important part of, of who you are and what your message is. So could you take a little dive into that? Um, I, I think that the I choose focus is really about personal accountability. It's about intentionality. It's about not making excuses. It's about not being a victim. It's about not woe is me. It's about, it is about me. It's a, it's my choice. I, I get to show up this way today. Um, I get to, I choose to, um, it's something may come in my way. Some, something adverse might come in front of me, some challenge. I might be faced with something and I choose how much it rocks me and, and gets me off course uh, or whether I can kind of stand my ground on that particular thing and uh, manage to march forward. So, uh, you know, an example, the first few weeks of the pandemic were tough. They were, and they were tough for me and they were tough for me being a super resilient person who's gone through some stuff. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I, I like, I was, I was, I would still like work out and stuff. I was overeating. I was just like, oh, I was like drinking. Like I, I have like a, you know, glass of wine, half a glass of wine once a week. That's my natural thing I do. But boy, during COVID, I was like every day I was having half, half a glass of wine. I was like, oh, I was just, my brain, I was not there. I was letting myself go way off track. So I basically allowed it to shake me. And, and again, many of us were shaken. So again, I'm not superhuman. But then I got to a point where I did that, that switch thing I talked about. <laughs> I said, okay, Heather, you're going like way too off, off course what you normally would do. Start thinking, what do you have to, what do you have to get done? And I was writing that I had to get the first draft of that book done, done and over to the publisher, the second book that I'm working on. And uh, so I, I immediately just got laser focused on getting that done. And there were other things I was doing, of course, in my business, but that, because a lot of things had slowed down, that was like, the, that was the main thing I needed to accomplish. And so I just focused, 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 focused. It was like a bullseye. And so I had to make a different choice. I had to show up differently and I created a new bullseye for myself. That bullseye was get that draft done on deadline without making any excuses and without being victimized by the pandemic in a way where I didn't need to be victimized. And so I did that. I created the bullseye and I got it done and it was, it, it was delivered on the day of my deadline. But I could have, and in fact, the publisher said, oh, we understand if you're going to fall behind. You know, we understand if you can't do it. And I just, I don't know, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact of making an excuse for something I promised. So I chose to stay the course uh, after I was shaken a little bit and to kind of re, re get, you know, get myself back on course and make up for some lost time. And I think that's what I mean by choose is you can see that, that the resilience uh, of that, that thickness of skin that allowed faster and my, and my, the way that I do so much, um, so many mind games with myself, recreating a new bullseye for myself, uh, it allowed me just focus forward. And so that's, that's what I choose is. And so like, for example, in the employee experience space, um, a leader 
they choose how they respond to their team members when their team members don't show up either their best way that day or they don't land on a project or, or a proposal or whatever it is as quickly as they maybe wanted to or a timeline they wanted to. They choose how they respond to that. Does a leader have to demean their employee? Do they have to yell at their employee? Uh, do they have to make them feel less than? Or they, can they choose in that moment to um, help that team member reframe what just happened, help them uncover a better way to do it next time and help them see a way forward um, and into like, you know, just a brighter place, a place that's more forward thinking, a pr one that's more solution oriented. Those are different choices. Those are different lines that that leader can choose to go down. So yeah, it's all about choice. Create your own uh, bullseye. This, <laughs> I tell you what, Heather, Everything that you just talked about in this I choose mindset concept and framework is why you are such a champion and why you're such a champion and a role model for leaders. And it's why you're having such an incredible impact in this space and other people's lives. And like you said, it's a journey that there's no destination. You're, you know, it's a journey, but I really just want to thank you for, for all of your work because it has such a farther reach and impact than it's not even about, it is about making people and helping people be better leaders, but it's really about improving the quality of life uh, and the experience of employees, right? That is, that is where you tie into your purpose. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Such incredible information on mindset. I choose reframing incredible information on employee experience and employee engagement, overcoming adversity, the, the caring leadership model um, that, that Heather shared with us, the importance of clarity and listening and empathy, you know, recognition, expectations. There, there's so much for people to unpack from this podcast. You've driven so much value it is, is really we all try to achieve leadership excellence, you know, to be the very best leaders that we can be. To our listeners, if you haven't already, we recommend you check out Heather Younger's Leadership with Heart podcast. Follow her on LinkedIn. She's constantly pointing out incredible, incredible information. We're anxiously awaiting the release of her new book, The Art of Caring Leadership. And we look forward to speaking with you again down the road uh, and diving into some other concept because there's so much more that you have to share. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing, sharing the Leadership Excellence podcast with your network leaving us a rating and a review. All those things really help us help more leaders and aspiring leaders just like you. Thank you for joining us on this journey. And remember, always be committed to excellence.